It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is the final East Coast bias of the 2023 regular season. And, of course, it is the first East Coast bias of 2024. Happy New Year, one and all. John Jastrzemski alongside Joe House, Raheem Palmer, Ringer Gambling Show, of course, for our friends right here on FanDuel TV. It is going to be a fantastic Week 18 Across the board in the NFL, you have two games on Saturday. You have a full slate on Sunday. All sorts of possibilities, all sorts of variables as far as the playoffs are concerned. But this is where I want to start, fellas. First and foremost, Happy New Year. Second of all, Raheem, I'm going to start with you on this one because we go into Week 18, and I know there is usually a common trend, a common theme of, oh, if a team needs to win, therefore you just got to bet them. I think we should warn everybody. That is something we should be very, very careful about in looking at these Week 18 matchups. Don't just think winning in means, hey, betting in. Right, buddy? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. As I always say, if you find yourself in a must-win game, you must not be very good. So there's always value on fading teams who have to win. Typically, you get an extra point or two on the other end with the public and the market price at an end. House, you probably have bet way too many teams over the years that were in winning in scenarios and fall flat on. I, you know what, House? I could think of one is a perfect example last year. Remember I had the Packers in Aaron Rodgers week 18 against Detroit. Detroit ended up having nothing to play for in that game. And Detroit goes and wins the game convincingly. Like that's one off the top of my head where I'm like, yeah, I was on the wrong side of that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tread lightly in those spots, buddy boy. Yeah, they had everything to play for last year, the Detroit Lions. And I see the same thing in especially the Chicago Bears. That's one where I think we need to proceed very carefully. But man, I'm not ready to concede. Ravens Steelers. I know the Ravens will sit Lamar, but Tyler Huntley was one play away from beating the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs last year. That dude has has reps. I mean, I, I, I think there's a couple others. The Titans at home against the Jags. I, look, man, you got to proceed very carefully with these joints. 
And there might be some money line opportunity on some of the dogs, to be honest with you, because I'm not, uh, I, I, I don't concede anything, JJ. So if there was a takeaway, we're going to get to all these matchups. We're going to go through the card, the one o'clock window, which is kind of eh, four o'clock window where it's a little bit better. Obviously a great game on Sunday night with Buffalo against the wounded Miami team. But guys, I do want to take us back to week 17 and house to me. And I don't know if this is necessarily going to be the case. There's a lot of football that's going to be played. And sometimes when you expect the obvious, be careful. It doesn't always play out that way. But there's a clear-cut number one team in the AFC, and there's a clear-cut number one team in the NFC. I don't, I, I don't think it's close. Baltimore showed you against Miami, Lamar flexing, that defense flexing, and then you look at all the other AFC teams. Kansas City has problems. Miami is decimated with injuries. I don't think I'm all the way there in trusting the Buffalo Bills, who barely beat the New England Patriots. Cleveland, as fun as they are, it's Joe Flacco at quarterback. So Baltimore looks like the top dog in the AFC. And then I look at the NFC and I see Dallas and Mike McCarthy, who, again, it's Mike McCarthy, and they got to show you they can get to an NFC title game. Detroit, who hasn't won a playoff game since I was three years old. Uh, Philadelphia, who's got problems galore on defense. And I see San Francisco as a clear-cut favorite to get to the Super Bowl. Do you think, House, right now, it's that obvious? It's that clear as day? I'm not saying that we expect both of these teams to get there because we know how the NFL works. We know how it could shake out. But I think the odds and FanDuel has it priced accordingly. Baltimore and San Francisco, right now, they appear destined on another collision course as far as I'm concerned. There's no argument. I mean, they are the two best teams over the, the with the body of work. The only question is if you sit down and do the math, do you get a better number by playing on the money line each week rather than just playing the combination right now? Because I think it's like uh, three and a half to one or so if you try and play the matchup right now. It's, I think it's under four to one. It's plus 330. Plus 330. See, there you go. So the question is, if you play each of those teams on the money line and then roll it each week, do you come up with a better number for that Super Bowl combo? That's it. I mean, I you know, barring unforeseen injury, which is always, you know, something that can dramatically alter stuff and you know some something that we uh don't anticipate in terms of um teams coming out flat after the bye which has been you know off and on kind of a, a bugaboo potentially um those two teams are the best teams i personally am hoping that that's the super bowl that would be a tremendous super bowl this year fellas so i'm not buying and okay See, Look. I knew it. I knew Raheem was going to jump in on this. So that's this. This is exactly what I wanted, Raheem. So when you say you're not buying it, sorry, I'm jumping right in here. Who are we more skeptical of, San Fran or Baltimore? I'm gonna say both. Okay. When it comes to San Francisco, to me, I look at them like front runners. They have either blown out every team or they've lost outright. And if there's one thing that we can say about Kyle Shanahan, dating back to his time with the Atlanta Falcons, when it's a close game, he gets tight. We've seen them get tight in various close games. You go back to that Rams NFC championship game. They had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter and blew it. We've never seen Brock Purdy in a pressure situation in a tight game. He's always playing with a positive game script. So I'm skeptical about them. And then I'm also skeptical about the Ravens. To me, this Ravens team, they let teams back into games. Now, when you talk about betting, 
both of those teams to win the conference and getting three to one, you're basically you're basically playing a four team parlay and getting only three to one. So I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest playing that bet. I think there's other ways of being more profitable. The way you phrase that, Raheem, and maybe I'm reading into this. Maybe it's just because I've known you now. I feel like for forever. I feel like you've been in my life for 30 years. I think you're more skeptical of San Francisco than Baltimore. Is that accurate? I am. So that's interesting to me. I want to uh, deep dive that for for just a minute here. Because of the two teams, the problem that I have with fading San Francisco is I can't come up with the defense in the NFC that has the chops to slow down San Francisco at home. So I can come up with some teams on the AFC side that I think will, will present interesting matchups for Baltimore. But San Francisco, like what defense in the NFC have you seen, Dream, that makes you think that they can slow down, that we're going to have a, a reasonable contest, something that suggests that, that San Francisco is going to get tight? Because I just can't come up with that defense. Sometimes it's not the defense, it's the offense. I think the Cowboys are going to play a better offensive game. I think there's issues with the San Francisco defense. And then when you look at San Francisco offensively, Kristen McCaffrey is a little banged up. Trent Williams is a little banged up. So that's all it takes is for an offense like the Cowboys or offense like the Lions to just put the pressure on them and make it a back and forth game and allow them to get tight. So I'm just, I'm not buying it. Well, it helps for San Francisco that they can give Christian McCaffrey and Trent Williams basically 20 days off because they don't need to play them this week. They're going to have a bye week. And then we'll see what kind of shape those guys are in for the divisional round. Um, I'm going to throw something to you guys. And we cashed. Listen, it was a sad Sunday for me. I hit a lot of bets and it didn't matter. I still was sad uh, because of what happened down in Baltimore. But that Rams 450 playoff bet, cashed after the four o'clock window, which was a thing of beauty. It was great seeing in my fan to lap. And I was proud of the East Coast bias boys and Cousin South for that matter. We all got in the lab. We mentioned it on Ringer Wise, guys. And it came home. Am I nuts? I'm going to start with you on this, Raheem. I want to bet the Rams. I, I, I know it sounds crazy. I, I know. I know it sounds crazy. I know they're going to be on the road the entire postseason. They have a Super Bowl winning coach. They have a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I just saw them go into Baltimore a few weeks ago and almost win the game. Had an opportunity to go and beat the Big Bad Ravens on their soil, on their turf. They played Detroit. Detroit hasn't won a playoff game in 40 years. Uh, that's probably going to be their round one opponent. 50 to 1. I saw it the other day on FanDuel. I didn't fire, but I figure I asked the, uh, the bias boys before I end up, you know, Get my fat fingers to work. Am I nuts, Raheem, to consider a Rams Super Bowl bet at 50 to 1? You know, I don't think you're nuts. And but I think it's predicated on them getting that six seed. Now, they take on the San Francisco 49ers this week, the three and a half point underdogs. If they were to lose that game and Green Bay wins, Green Bay would be the sixth seed and they would be the seventh seed. And I don't like the Rams' chances of going into Dallas and beating Dallas. No, me Dallas. neither. They got smoked by Dallas early in the year. I like their chances of going into Detroit and beating Detroit. So if they get that six seed, I think the sky's the limit. House? The crazy thing is that I think if it ends up being Rams-Detroit, I think both of those teams are live to give San Francisco all the trouble in the world if it plays out that way, right? If they end up... Because the one thing that 
the San Francisco 49ers defense is vulnerable to is the run. And both of those teams have demonstrated that they can establish the run. The problem I have with both the Rams and Detroit. Now, Detroit, look, out of all the NFC, that's the team that has my attention. Because what they did in Dallas last Saturday, especially defensively, you know, they they the Dallas can't has no run game whatsoever. And that that Lions secondary was was formidable. Like that was not a track meet. They didn't get run all over. They let C D have his and they still damn near won the football game. And and that to me was was pretty impressive. They should have won the football game. But I, I think, you know, between those two teams, there is a uh, uh an interesting number that, that could come out of them for NFC conference winner potentially one note though on detroit they win their first playoff matchup it won't be going to san francisco right away it'll be a rematch against the team they had a chance to beat on saturday night last week and that's of course assuming dallas takes care of business against whoever the seventh seed may be my logic with the rams though and i know shanahan his own sean McVay, aside from the nfc title game a few years ago i know what those numbers and those trends are it's a division game. There's a comfort level. And I'm not getting this, like, inexperienced quarterback who's never been there before. All of a sudden, you look at the Rams. It's Stafford. It's Nakua. It's Cup. It's Kyron Williams. Like, Aaron Donald could go and wreck the game. Guys, all I'm going to say is, if they're the six, and I think that's an excellent way to put it, Raheem, because if they're the seven, I do not like their chances against the Cowboys. If they're the six, I think we're cooking with gas at least to have a little fun in January. That's all I'm going to say, guys. That's all I'm going to say. So I didn't get a no. I like it. And I wish I thought of it myself. So I think you're a genius for this one. I like it for just the NFC, just to be clear. I don't like I, I don't have them win the Super Bowl, but I will play them to win the NFC. But how else if they get to the Super Bowl and I have a 50 to 1 ticket? I, trust me, I'll oh. find a way to make that work. Yeah, he got, a, he got a chance to hedge it. I mean, you get there. All you got to do is get That's there. Right. This is the NFL. Like, I mean, stranger things have happened. I just threw that out there to the wild. Think about that. Check it out on your FanDuel Sportsbook app. And hey, we were good to you with the Rams at plus 450. This is maybe a little bit more ambitious. But, but here's the thing. It's free. It's, you have a free roll. You won 450 on the Rams to make the, the postseason. You could take a half a unit of that and you're still profit. I like the sound of that. We got a lot more to do. Week 18 games. We'll start with the Saturday contest. Then we'll run through the card. We'll hit every big game a note, every game that matters. The games that don't matter, maybe it'll be a best bet. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. All that more. It's coming up right after this. Hey now, betting buddies, the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose this upcoming week 18. Me and JJ are all over the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick is not going out with a loss to Robert Sala. He just won't won't tolerate that. The app is extremely easy to use. Live game, same game parlays are right there. Five bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. I've got a couple cooking already. The best way to find popular parlays is right there. Plenty more. So visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers, G-A-M-B-L-E-R-S. 
and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, boys, here we go. Week 18. I love the fact that there are two Saturday games. They're going with Pittsburgh and Baltimore at 430. Then the AFC South will have a winning in game with Indianapolis and Houston. House, let's start with that Steeler-Raven game. The Steelers are a four-point favorite. Mason Rudolph has come in the last two weeks and give credit where credit is due. He beat Seattle in Seattle. He basically knocked out Cincinnati from having a chance to make the postseason. And it's the best the Steelers' offense has looked all season to the point where Kenny Pickett, even though he is medically cleared to get back out there for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin said, no, no, no. We're sticking with the girl who brought us to the dance. We're sticking with Mason Rudolph. Wise decision. Baltimore, saw it last week against Miami. They are loaded with talent. Like, even though they were losing guys in their secondary, they have other players stepping up. So that's, that's a really well-rounded 53-man roster. The Steelers need the game. The Ravens are playing for nothing. But I know this. John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens don't want to lose the Steelers twice. A- am I crazy? Because I'm looking at that four points, and I'm thinking even with Hunley at quarterback, value with the Ravens. It's not one of my favorite plays of the week, but it's a possibility. I'm playing this game. I like Baltimore. Yeah, I'm not uh, inclined to play a side here because I like the total better. But to me, it's Baltimore or pass. There is no way I'm laying more than three points in this matchup under any circumstances, even if it's it's um, Huntley at quarterback for the entire game, even if Lamar doesn't take one snap. You mentioned a very interesting point. And at some point over the course of our conversations here on, on East Coast Bias, as we get into things that the NFL might do to improve its product, I would love to see an expanded roster kind of concept. As December arrives, if we're going to be in this world with 18 weeks and 17 games, I think the teams ought to be carrying practice squads with tw- with 20 guys and that everybody's eligible as soon as December arrives because the most important thing when the playoffs arrive is most of your best players being healthy. And we've seen now over the course of this 17-week season that runs over 18 weeks that it's super tough. This is why we have all these backup quarterbacks playing important roles throughout the course of the latter half of, of the season. But that's a, 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 a suggestion that goes in the NFL suggestion box for another day. What we have is a roster of 53 dudes for Baltimore that's good. It's very good. It's good as hell. It's as good as any 53-man roster you want to come up with. So it, we, we, we can talk about resting key starters. It's still a damn good roster. And to your uh, observation at the outset, Harbaugh is not conceding anything to the Steelers. It's a divisional game. I think the Ravens are going to show up and show out. I think they're going to play. They're they're not uh, showing up to just, you know, go through the motions here. 
So I'm not laying the points. These teams combine for unders nearly every time they play. The total is like 36 and a half or something like that. I'm just going to play a small under and let that be the way that I enjoy the game, Dream. So I'm glad House spoke about this Ravens roster because this is a Ravens roster that won 24 straight free season games, which means that they have a ton of depth. So even if they bench guys, you there's only so many guys that you could bench. And maybe you bench Lamar Jackson, but Tyler Huntley comes in, and this is a guy who almost beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the postseason last year and probably should have beat them if it wasn't for a fumble at the one and a 99-yard touchdown return. Now, here's two caveats about this game that should help you with your handicapping, and I, I think it's very important. You guys go all the way back to 2019. What did the Ravens do? They benched their starters in week 17 and they didn't play for 19 days or so. And they ended up playing the Tennessee Titans. They were rusty in that game. They had 530 yards of offense. They couldn't convert on fourth down and they lost 28 to 12. So I think it's going to be important for John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson to to just put some starters in the game for the first quarter, first half, build up a lather, do something. So you're not playing. You're not going into the, in the postseason cold and rusty. Now, here's the other caveat. If the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Ravens, that allows the Bills to get eliminated from the postseason should the Bills lose and the Jaguars win. So you have to kind of project, what do you think the Ravens are trying to do in this game? Are they willing to concede this game to allow Buffalo to get eliminated from the postseason? Or... Do they want to build up a ladder? Do they want to build some consistency so they're not rusty going into next week? I'm with you, JJ. I lean towards taking the Ravens here, but I don't know what to do right now. There are a lot of variables in play, but I, I think to your point, Raheem, the idea that Baltimore with the one seed a few years ago was as flat as they were against Tennessee, more so on those fourth downs, to your point, I, I think they'll be up for this game. Now, I don't know how much you're going to see of Lamar Jackson But the idea of the Ravens against the Steelers, who they detest, it's probably the best rivalry currently in the NFL. The idea that they're going to say, hey, Pittsburgh, here's a sweep, and here's a chance to go and make the postseason. I I get your angle with Buffalo in the two seed and the idea of keeping them out. A lot needs to happen. I I think that's a little too complicated from Baltimore's perspective. Get the variable angle. But I think Ravens is the right side in the game. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think think you got to play the Ravens plus four or nothing. That's the way I'm looking at this. The Saturday nightcap. It's winning in in the AFC South. Now, there's a chance the the winner of this game could win the division. That, that'll play itself out uh, on Sunday with Jacksonville. But you have Houston going into Indianapolis, Raheem. And Indy, they let me down last week. I had them three and a half. They let the Raiders go right down the field. So I was pissed off. I was salty about that. But be that as it may, Steichen has done a great job all year. Minshew has really steadied the ship. But then you have Houston, well coached by D'Amico Ryans. They got C.J. Stroud back. He played last week. He kind of picked up right where he left off. The sense I get with this game, everyone and their mother is going to bet Houston. That I, I get the feeling nobody's going to want to back Minshew. Nobody's going to want to back Indianapolis. And when I look at it that way, I kind of think there and say to myself, yeah, nobody wants to bet the Colts. I feel like this should be a spot. Maybe I go in and bet the Colts. How do you see uh, Indy and Houston, which is a toss-up coin flip game and the point spread indicates as such? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I actually think the wrong team is favorite. When I look at my power ratings, I actually have Indy favorite. So them catching one 
one and a half at home, it does feel like there's a little value on the Colts. Now, I want to dig into this a little bit more, but I also think there's value on the over. I think both of these teams can score. I think Indy's defense is a little suspect, and you tend to see overs in Indianapolis games more often than not. So I want to think on this, but I think if I had a lean for this game, it's Indianapolis as a dog in the over, 47 and a half points. I'm in the exact same spot, JJ. I'm right with Dream. Dream and I are seeing the world the exact same way. These teams are very close uh, ranking-wise, according to DVOA um, in, in defense. And I particularly like the way the Colts play at home. They play with pace. Both teams rank in the top five in pace over the course of this entire season. And, you know, I, I wish that Houston wasn't so depleted on offense where we're, we're, we're kind of cheated a little bit that they don't have all those weapons. We don't get to see CJ Stroud with all his, his weapons. Indianapolis on the other hand is healthy offensively and they have um, Grover Creek Cleveland back on their defensive line, which means the Texans are in a pass heavy script. So you, if you combine a pass heavy script for the Texans, plus the pace that these teams have played at over the season, the total's 47 and a half. I like the over, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and play a home dog under these circumstances um, because, uh, you know, I, I, I like the idea of playing the home dog. All right, let's get to a game, guys, that kind of has a direct correlation to this one. So somebody is going to be really happy on Saturday night, Indianapolis or Houston. They're going to be playoff bound. Then they're going to get to sit on their couch, I don't know if they're participating in dry January or not. Well, if they're not, they might crack, crack open some cervezas. They might eat some chips. I don't know. They might eat whatever the hell they want to eat and root like crazy for Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans to go and take down the Jaguars. There's uncertainty with this game. Uncertainty as far as Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to give it a go, but still wait and see on that. You have Tennessee. Is this the last game Mike Vrabel ever coaches as Titans head coach? Is this the last game that Derrick Henry ever plays in a Tennessee Titan uniform? The sense I get, House, Mike Vrabel don't give a damn about draft pick and tanking and this and that. No, 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 no. He's out there on that sideline. He's looking to take names and kick I think Tennessee is super live in this game. I, I do. And the way I kind of see it, I think if you're playing Tennessee, I think they if the game's close, they find a way to win this game outright. I do, and I think they're going to get up for it. I think there's going to be a kitchen sink game for them, and I don't like what I've seen from Jacksonville as of late. I think Tennessee wins the game. I really do. Well, you and I are going to have to thumb wrestle for our, our, our uh, dog of the week on Wise Guys this coming weekend because they are my dog of the week. I absolutely They're available on the money line at plus 198 right now. And everything that we've seen out of the Tennessee Titans under the supervision of Mike Vrabel for his whole career, they don't roll over for nobody. Now, they get beat by margin sometimes, but I don't like this situation for Jacksonville. Yes, they they took care of business last week against Carolina, the worst team in the NFL. I was on the wrong side of my handicap for that one. I thought that would be closer, but this Titans team has been... Uh, a, a a pass funnel kind of defense, I don't think that the Jaguars are going to be in a position to take advantage of that because it's it's the walking wounded with Trevor Lawrence. Like I don't I don't love the idea of him coming back with the shoulder and the ankle and whatever else he has, you know, l- lumbering in here. 
and the Titans are are still awesome against the run. The the the, the uh, Jags won't try and run at all. So I mean, look, we're, we're just kind of squeezing down the variables here, and they're all lining up for a Tennessee upset here, JJ. Yeah, this is a family play. Like I look at this Jacksonville Jaguars team; they are two and zero in London. But the rest of the way, they're seven and seven. So you look at like what they've done over the last month. They they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals with Jake Browning. They they lost to the Cleveland Browns with Flacco. They lost to the Ravens. They got blown out by Baker Mayfield. They were never in that game. And then they come back and beat the Carolina Panthers team, who's just probably the worst team in the NFL. So to me, I just think you're getting a ton of value in this Tennessee Titans team. This is a revenge game from last year. You guys remember the game last year. Tennessee Titans had a backup quarterback, Josh Dobbs. They were winning the entire game against a better Jaguars team. And without the sack fumble, the Titans are going into the postseason. So this Jaguars team was never that good. And now they're banged up. And now the defense is struggling. And now Trevor Lawrence is not the same quarterback with those injuries. I agree with you guys. Titans money line. Titans plus five and a half. Take that to the window. I love it. I love it. I love it. We got a family play on the money line. We got a family play on the spread. And we are heavily invested in Mike Vrabel, Derrick Henry. Whoever's playing quarterback probably will love us. And we'll take it from there. Guys, when we come back, the game of the day in South Florida on Sunday. Buffalo could be the two seed. Buffalo could be a wild card. Buffalo could be out. We know this is going to be a one-sided game as far as the betters are concerned. Value in the underdog. We'll get to that. We got the Packer-Bear game to get to. We got the NFC South to get to. All that more. Coming right back. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And 1, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. All right, guys. Uh, I'm dreading this one Sunday night. Buffalo to Miami. Buffalo is now a three-point favorite because Miami is decimated on defense. They don't have Jalen Phillips. They don't have Bradley Chubb. They might get Jalen Waddle back. They're probably going to have Raheem Mostert back. And we know this has been a one-sided rivalry. I know Miami beat Buffalo last year at home. They competed with Skylar Thompson in the playoffs, but early this year, Buffalo put on a clinic and Josh Allen's numbers, Raheem, against Miami through his career are off the freaking charts. Here's my problem with this game, though. I think everything screams Buffalo. I expect everyone and their mother to bet Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to be a very popular spread play. I think a lot of people are going to be loading up on them to win the AFC. I think a lot of people are going to be loading up on them to win the Super Bowl. Here's my angle on this game. 
I think if Buffalo wins, they will win convincingly. I think it'll be a two-score game. I think Miami will have defensive problems. And Buffalo will have this game within doubt in the fourth quarter. I think if the game is close, with what we've seen from the Bills all year, I think they find a way to screw it up. Am I crazy to say the way to play this game is Buffalo alternate spread at six and a half for seven and Miami on the money line? Because that's kind of the way I look at this game, dude. I don't think you're crazy at all. And I actually think that the sharp side is going to be the Miami Dolphins. You look at the Bills laying three on the road and a divisional spot. I think sharps are going to have an appetite to play the dog here. Me personally, I don't know if I want anything to do on either side. Um, when I look at my power ratings for this num- for this game, I pretty much have this at a pick And you probably should have Miami. not it, Without the injuries, Miami would be favored. And they were. I think the look ahead line, Raheem, and I took a peek at it on Sunday, before the Chubb injury was Miami at minus one and a half. I think that's what the line would have been, give or take, right? Yeah, so that, that's that's actually where I have it power rated. Uh, like on, on one of my models, I have it power rated Miami minus one. On the other, I have it as a pick em. So you have to ask yourself what those injuries mean. Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips. I know Jalen Phillips has been out a couple of weeks since the day after Thanksgiving. Um, you have to ask yourself, to his injury, how much does it matter? But when I look at this Buffalo Bills team, really, what have they done the last five weeks? They blew a game to the Eagles. They probably should have lost to the Chiefs if it weren't for that offsides penalty that I've never seen called on the offense in my 37 years of life. They blew out the Cowboys on the at home. Who we know the Cowboys struggle on the road, but then they struggled as double digit favors against the Chargers and the Patriots, and they could have lost both of those games. So to to come back off of those two games where you're struggling against this inferior competition who are just banged up and out of the playoffs, and you're telling me that they're going to lay three points on the road to this Dolphins team that everybody is counting out based on their injuries? I'm not going to be able to do it, as Jalen Rose always says. I think you got to play Miami or just stay off of this game. I think the script that you just described, Dream, is perfect for the under that I am going to play in this game. The number was was at or, or above 50. It's down to 49 and a half on FanDuel right now. It's still an under for me. The Bills offense since the, the, the revision at offensive coordinator and with the emphasis on the run, we're just not seeing uh, explosive plays out of this offense. The the only receiver that it seems that Josh Allen trusts is, is, is Stefan Diggs. And I think the, the, the Bills are content to try and ground and pound a little bit. I mean, if you look at, uh, the the their average yards per play since the buy four point one since the buy twenty third in passing success rate uh fifteenth uh, in dropback EPA they're not a team that that fits the uh what our eye has come to believe about the Buffalo Bills going down the field and Josh Allen throwing the ball all over the park uh, I, I mean you know they 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 his his completions and his attempts are way down since the bye week. So I'm on an under uh, in this game. These are two division rivals that absolutely know each other very well. I think it's going to be pace-wise a lot slower um, than what we're accustomed to. You know, House, my only counter to you with the under, and I've bet it a lot in Miami games over the last couple weeks. Uh, It's been profitable outside of the game uh, they played in Baltimore last week where Baltimore basically covered the total by themselves. Is there any fear factor, though? 
with Allen's history against Miami and now Miami so beat up on that defensive line that doesn't scare you at all or no, not particularly? You you have to, uh, if you subscribe to what I'm articulating, believe that it's a different offense with a different game plan, with a different goal as the past five weeks have shown us as opposed to the version of that that historical Josh Allen against Miami kind of script. That That's, that's the... The choice that I'm presenting to you. Fair enough. All right. Let's get to Green Bay and Chicago. And I have a feeling I know where you're betting this game, House. And I think I know the way you're betting this game, Raheem. We have Green Bay in the exact same predicament they were in last year. Different quarterback. But they were winning it against the Lions. The upstart Lions, who really started developing that reputation last year at the end of the season. They went into that game, balls to the wall, played great, knocked the Packers out, kind of played the YOLO type of script. Well, here we are again. The Chicago Bears are kind of like last year's versions of the Lions, except it's different. It's Justin Fields trying to say, hey, don't take Caleb Williams. I'm your quarterback. Let me stay in Chicago for years to come. Eberflus, who everybody had fired, myself included, he looks like he saved his job. Looks like he's coming back. That defense is playing much better. And now I see this game, Raheem. Chicago, a small dog against a team that desperately needs the game. I'm saying it now. Both of you guys are betting the Bears in this spot. I know it, Raheem. I know you're on the Bears. Oh, we're definitely betting the Bears. This Green Bay Packers defense is trash. 27th in success rate. 24th in EPA for play. Meanwhile... You look at Justin Fields, he's playing out of his mind. I mean, you can't sack him. He's so slippery. He can throw the ball down the field to DJ Moore. But more importantly, this Bears defense is playing out of their mind as well. They're up to ninth in success rate, which is crazy considering what, what they were earlier on in the season. So this is just one of those dogs that you just have to take because typically, as I said before, if a team finds themselves in a must-win game, they're not very good. And I don't think the Green Bay Packers are very good. I think these teams are equally matched. They blew out the Bears week one, but that won't happen here. I think this is a close game, and the Bears have a chance to win outright. Yeah, this is me going against one of my future plays. I had the Packers making the playoffs uh, at the beginning of the season back in August. It was one of my favorite plays. And what this Packers team has shown us over the course of the season is a team that is reasonably in transition. Now, they got the answer to the question, do we have a quarterback that we can build around? Do we have a potential quarterback of the future? Congratulations. Jordan Love could very well be that guy. But I am very much convinced that the Bears have the correct guy at quarterback. Their last eight games with a healthy fields, six one and one against the spread, should have beat Cleveland. Should be seven and uh, uh, seven zero oh and one against the spread. The defense is allowed fifteen point two points per game over these five games. Green Bay has given up uh, the fifth most rushing yards per game this entire season. Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert, sure they're going to run the football. And that Green Bay secondary, I mean, Dream just went through it. It, it. it is bad. Now, what I especially love are the Packers 9-0 against the spread. The last nine games against the Bears, I think the Bears are like, hey, this is a new version, a new iteration. We're coming out and we're showing out and we're going to take care of business. 
So I'm right there with you. That revenge angle is there for Chicago with the one-sided nature of this rivalry. Fields playing terrific. Bear defense playing terrific. Here's my only pause. A little conspiracy theory. If the Packers win, you would have the Packers and the Cowboys wildcard weekend. And you know, there are a lot of folks on Park Avenue drooling about the possibility of the Packers and the Cowboys playing in the postseason. Raheem, I know you love a good conspiracy theory. I'm going to be mindful of that as I have my money on Chicago watching this game in week 18. If uh, maybe maybe we get a certain officiating crew coming and saying, hey, guess what? Let's uh, let's get the uh, the Packers on a better side of this one. It, it, does, it does feel like an A-side win, but, you know, maybe we could get an A-side win with the Bears cover. And, you know, me and House, we have those futures on the Green Bay Packers to, to get into the postseason. So an ideal scenario here would be a Packers win and the Bears cover. A nice hedge. All right, guys, we're not going to run through both of these games, but I'm going to ask you this. Quick, rapid fire. NFC South, the division stinks. We have two games. The Saints play the Falcons. The winner stays alive. And then they got a root for Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. Good luck with that. House, quickly. Will we be seeing Tampa, New Orleans, or Atlanta hosting the Eagles on Wild Card Weekend? God. Uh, I I guess I guess Tampa. I mean, you know, the, the the Carolina thing. I can't make the case for it. And we say, oh, well, well the the Bucks are not going to have two stinkers in a row. I guess because they just flat out didn't show up with a chance to clinch. They did not treat that game against the Saints as a playoff game, the way that I thought they should have. Now, all the Sharps were on the Saints last week, and sometimes you got to trust the Sharps. But I, I am not having anything to do with the Atlanta Falcons. The, the, no thank you. No siree. No, I don't. And, and, and I also don't want to have anything to do with the Saints. I don't even want to watch that game. Okay, so I'm going to say that the winner of the Saints and the Falcons are going to make the postseason. That's what I'm wow, going to say. Wow, so you think Tampa loses outright to Carolina. You do. I do. And the big wow. reason why is because Baker Mayfield comes into this game. He didn't practice today due to a rib injury. And if you watch that first game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Panthers, the Panthers actually had a second half lead in that game. They were on a road and the Panthers played them tight. And that was one of those games to where, okay, you could say Bryce Young is starting to improve. He looks a lot better than he has previously. So in a divisional game at home, with a, a banged-up Baker Mayfield, a solid Carolina defense, I think they have a real shot of winning that game outright, and I think the winner of the NFC South is going to come from that Saints-Falcons game. I have no clue who's going to win that at this point, so um, I'm not even going to make a prediction for that one. Here'd be my advice. Friends don't let friends bet Saints-Falcons on Sunday, okay? Like, do yourself <laughs> a little public service. Friends don't let friends bet the Saints and the Falcons. going to be a wild Week 18, that's for sure. We'll come back. Knicks made a nice trade. It was weird. It took me a few minutes to process. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I like it. We got that and some best bets for the college football championship, the NFL. It's all on the table. We'll come right back. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. 
I'm not jogging. I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. So the Knicks and the Raptors made a trade the other day, and we were going nuts about it in our uh, East Coast Bias chat. And it was weird, Raheem. I'm not going to lie. It was a weird trade because I have an affinity to R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly as a Knicks fan. I like both of those guys. They are homegrown guys. They got developed. They have gotten better. They have progressed. But the Knicks got the best player in the trade. And I'm watching a game the other day against Minnesota, and OG Ananobi is all over the place. I mean, he's going Anthony Edwards. He's going Carl Anthony Towns. He's doing this. He's doing that. And I'm like, okay. Even though it was weird and it came out of nowhere and it might have been tough to process, I, I, I don't know if it necessarily changes anything for the Knicks ceiling. I think they're the same sort of team. They might win a first-round series. They're probably anywhere from the fourth to seventh best team in the Eastern Conference, depending on where you want to put them. They're, they're in that, that sort of mix. But I think they got the best player in the trade. They got a big backup. I'm with it, man. I thought about it. It was weird. It was tough to process, but I'm on board, Raheem. I'm on board with Ananobi. Yeah, I think I hated it at first just because I kind of view quickly as a guy who had maxi potential. But after thinking about it, you know, I think Bill said something really interesting. And the thing that he said was that those smaller guards off the bench are probably one of the easiest things that you can find. But OG Ananobi, there's like three or four of those guys in the league. And if you have one, they're very valuable. So I do think the Knicks, they they made an excellent trade there. Um, obviously, I, I still love Emmanuel quickly, but I'm not as high on RJ Barrett. But I think they got the best player in the trade. And they just have a guy who can guard your opponent's best wing. And I think that's huge. Yeah, uh, JJ and Dream, to me, the thing that was such an eye-opener when they went up against the Timberwolves on the first was the fit. They, you know, Tibbs played OG 20 minutes in the first half. He's like, buddy, we're going to just drop you in the water and see if you can swim. You know what? He can swim. He's a perfect fit. He's exactly what the Knicks needed in terms of an interior defensive presence his ability to switch positions, like we're going to see him on this big stage. Now, I'm not going on wood with both hands because I, what I want is continued good health. And it's very underrated. Do not sleep on the impact of Precious, Precious Achua. They need that size, especially in the East with the Sixers and with Milwaukee. Those, those teams with those guys, you know, having extra bodies to put against those guys. I'm in the market right now. FanDuel Sportsbook has the Knicks regular wins at 45 and a half. I am on the over. I think they're due for a winning streak. I have them in all of their upcoming games. I'm willing to lay the points. I really think that this is going to be a tremendous addition for the Knicks. Congrats to the, to the Raptors. Maybe they, you know, save their season and they're going to have a, a fine time in the play in. But this to me is really about the Knicks pushing themselves right into the top four of the East and making themselves legit contenders, especially because they still have assets available for another trade, maybe another reliable scoring guard. And one note on the Knicks' schedule, played a lot of tough teams 
early in the season. Done with the Milwaukee Bucks. Played a bunch of games with the Boston Celtics. The schedule for the Knicks after mid-January becomes a lot more manageable. So I'm with you on that house. I had their over at the beginning of the year at 44 and a half. So I'm with you. I think we'll be cashing that ticket. The Knicks are going to be basically right where they were a year ago. Probably in a 4-5. Playing who? Maybe went around and then lose in the second round. That's how this next season is going to play out. What can I say? I'm Nostradamus. All right, we'll come back. Best bets. Week 18, college football playoff. Hopefully the college football playoff in the championship treats me better than the semifinals. My goodness. Oh, oh, still reeling. All right, we'll come right back. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, It's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. All right, guys, best bet time. You can give me a play on the college football playoff and then quickly a play you have in week 18. You're going to have ample time for both. I'll start with you, House. A play for Michigan and Washington and a best bet for week 18. I see you down on the fact that it's Michigan and Washington. I am, too, because I had Alabama. I'm still sick to my I stomach. I tried to but tell anyway, you guys. You did. Yeah. No comment. Uh, no comment. Fair enough. I will say that that Michigan-Alabama game was a coin flip game. And so I, I'm, I'll concede that, look, you don't get an instance where Nick Saban gets outcoached very often. He got outcoached. There's no debating it. The fact that they could not respond defensively to running backs catching the ball out of the backfield for the entire game, that was very un-Alabama-like. What was that final play call? Like, what like, was that final hey, play as, call? As bad as it was from the offensive coordinator. Oh, by the way, Nick Saban, you sign off on that play. Awful. Never had a chance. Good for you, Raheem. But anyway, House, best bet. I, I, I'll get around to a bet. We're going to do East Coast Bias on Monday. I'll have my, that is my lineup there. So, so you'll be in the you'll be in the lab. You'll figure yeah. out what you're going to do for Monday. Yeah, right, I'm, I'm uh, sitting this one. I'm sitting this one out until Monday as well. I need to do my I research just yeah. for it. But anyway, go ahead, NFL. Let's go. I have to hedge. I have the Saints winning. The stupid NFC South. So I have to have a hedge. And the price on the money line for the stupid Bucks is minus 215. I'm unwilling to lay that. I, I, I could do it, but I'm unwilling to do it. It's a money line parlay. Three legs for me because I'm a dummy. You guys know how we do it here in the house household. We're putting the Bucks together with the Dallas Cowboys, who I do think will take care of business. On the money line, I don't know about 13 and a half, but I do think they're going to beat Washington. Bob Voyage, Ron Rivera, wonderful man, uh, shouldn't be a head coach in the NFL. And then, you know, I'll put them with is the Podfathers, New England Patriots, at home against the Jets. They are not losing to the Jets on Sunday at home. I Look, Bill Belichick is coming back. New England is not out there playing for position. If you put those three money line uh, parlay elements together, it's better than two to one odds. That's how I'm going to hedge my stupid Saints bet dream. Okay, so I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks minus two and a half. Last week, we had the Arizona Cardinals plus 530 to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. 
That was their Super Bowl. Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator for the Eagles, beat the Eagles. That was their Super Bowl. Now you got a little bit of a letdown spot against a team that needs to win to make the postseason. I typically want to fade those teams, but this is one of those instances where you're buying low. So let's take the Seattle Seahawks. I like Seattle. I think that's a great spot for them, Raheem, especially with Arizona having that monstrous win against Philadelphia just a Sunday ago. House, you were going to like my best bet for Week 18. I love the New England Patriots. I, I, I love the Patriots against the Jets. The Jets are completely cooked. They got Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Bill Belichick detests the Jets more than any team in the league. He is not punting on the idea of losing a game to the Jets. And if you throw in the angle that it could be the last game he ever coaches as Patriot head coach, whether you want to believe that or not, that's that's open to your interpretation. He's not losing to the Jets. I have it at minus one and a half. I am all over it. New England, New England, New England with a total that is absolutely disgusting against the Jets. And and in case you're wondering, for the college football playoff, I'll save my play for Monday as far as the side is concerned, but I'm telling you this, this game's going under 55 and a half. I think this total is just way too high. I think this will be a lower-scoring game. Remember that. We'll be back on Monday. We'll have reaction to the playoff lines. We'll have a pick for the national championship. But the boys are back Sunday. East Coast bias turns to ring of wise, guys. We'll see you then. Be good, everybody. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Well, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.